Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Welcome today to, um, to our Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday is one of those stages of the, the year that uh, we, we love to just get a chance just to, it's supposed to hit pause. It's, we've come off the back of a busy summer, uh, a busy season as well, and it's one of those moments when we just get a chance to hit pause, and firstly we just get to reflect. And we get to stand here today and firstly just give thanks to God for his faithfulness to us and all the things that we've been able to do and we've been able to see God do in our lives and through our lives. And we stand firstly as we do it in that moment just to say thank you God for all that you have done. And what we do in Vision Sunday as well is that in faith we say thank you God for all that you have yet to do and all that you're about to do. While we are thankful for all that has happened and it has just gone past, God we now turn our eyes forward. We press on to take hold of all that you've called us to do. If you've been around us uh, for church over the last um, last while, you, you will be aware of all of this. This is one of your first times. Again, you're very welcome. Thank you for being part of it. And today what we simply do is we just try to cast a vision, a vision of, of what we believe God has led on our heart. We believe that this is a very scriptural thing to do. The Bible is very clear about this in the book of Proverbs. The King James, the authorized version says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. I love what the English Standard Version says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. We desperately, desperately need prophetic vision. When we come to times like this, when there's Vision Sunday, what can so easily happen or could be the easy thing to do is that we sit and we have had many conversations discussing all these things. We could so easily stand here and just share about our heart's desires. Hopefully they are aligned with the Lord. But you know, the Bible's really clear that while in his heart a man might make his plans, it's the Lord's purposes that prevail. And so that's why we desperately need the prophetic word and the prophetic vision. Holy Spirit, what is it that you're purposing for us at this moment? What are your purposes for this city, for this town, and for this nation? And it's that that we want to say yes to, and it's that that we want to hear, Holy Spirit. We've been so desperate to hear, and we continue to press into those things. And so in what we do each of these Vision Sundays is that we simply, we, we want to just cast vision for, for the coming season. And we try to just set some short-term aims. And if you were here with us in January past, these were some of the aims which we, we cast vision for. I just want to take two or three minutes, maybe, maybe five actually, just to reflect on what has happened. And again, as a, for, for a posture for us to be able at the end to be able to say, thank you, God. Thank you for your faithfulness and all that we've done. These were some of the things that we said in January we were pressing into and to give a bit of an update. Firstly, we said that we wanted to have a renewed evangelism strategy and a renewed discipleship flow implemented. I'm going to be touching on this in a little while, but I suppose one of the big things for us that we were just really sensing was that the Holy Spirit was really pressing upon us. You've heard me say it from this platform that there was no difference or there should not be a difference in our understanding between evangelism and discipleship. We didn't need to have a discipleship strategy and an evangelism strategy for this because as part of discipleship, the call upon our lives is that we would all go and that we would all make disciples of all the nations. Evangelism is a key part. We are all called to be witnesses. We are all called to be missionaries. And so what I'm going to be sharing in just a little while is about where we want to go with that and what we sense in the Lord is leading us into. The next couple, just very briefly, volunteerism re-inspired. Volunteering, and we said this the last time, we don't see it as volunteering. You can volunteer for lots of different organizations and charities. They're great things. Here as a church within the family, we serve as under the Lord. 
we give to the Lord what is rightfully His. And, and as a church, we're always calling one another to be part of that, aren't we? We're always calling and asking us to just take the ownership of this. This is for all of us to be part of and to feel the right for. And so next week, we're going to be offering an opportunity on All On Sunday for you to be part of lots of what we do here in church and to get involved. Tash in a couple of weeks is going to be sharing about a new, a new thing that we have called Church Suite that is just going to completely revolutionize everything that we do. It just streamlines, makes everything very simple in terms of how we do teams and coordinate teams, how you get involved. So there's going to be much more about that as well. The prayer muscle of church was one of the things. And again, in this season, it's one of those ones, again, we're going to constantly press into. But we want to stand here and just say thank you to God for the times that we've had as a church family. Last year, we planted, you know, in December, Emmanuel Portadown with Kara, with Shalom, different expressions of what God is doing uh, around the city. And, and what we've been able to do on Wednesday nights over this past year in corporate prayers, gather together as a whole family, people from Lurgan and Portadown. We've gathered here in Lurgan. We've gathered in Portadown on a bi-weekly rhythm. And at those times, they've just been beautiful times of just really praying and prophesying and worshiping and seeking the Lord. And these are the times that we would just really love to call you up to, I suppose, in, the, in this coming season. Tash is going to lead into that uh, in the next part but it's been a key moment for us. We give thanks to God for the times that we've encountered him in it, and we're excited for the times that lie ahead of us in this next season of corporate prayer. theme for it in this next season is contend. There's much that we have to contend the Lord for and to, to co-partner with him in in this coming season. Monthly baptisms was one of the things as well we said incorporated into encounter nights. Um, we're, we've been so blessed to see people step into the waters of baptism. This is a command of the Lord Jesus. And he said this, we believe as a church family, I know we've all maybe come from different backgrounds and traditions, we believe that there should not really be a separation from, between believing and being baptized. The command that was given was believe and be baptized. And when we read in the early pages of scripture, this all happened as one. This was all part of the package. We, it shouldn't really be a, let's see someone baptized and then maybe in about five, six or seven or eight years time when they've somehow proved that they're a good enough Christian will baptize him. This is a significant part of discipleship. And so at the very outset, we said when someone is saved, we want to encourage them to be baptized. Since January, this is photos of some of the Parker boys uh, up on the screen. Lads, thanks for these lovely photographs. Um, and uh, throughout the year, um, we've seen 45 people since January baptized. We're doing this on a monthly rhythm and before encounter nights around 5.45, 6 o'clock. We have another baptism coming up the last Sunday of this month. There's three or four names down for it already. If you would like to be part of it, we would love to invite you to be baptized. If you haven't been baptized, this is a command that Jesus gives to us if you're a believer to be baptized in it. So we would love you to be part of it. Again, we give thanks to God for for all that he has done in this moment. Finally, in terms of our short-term memes, these were the last four, just to take a little bit um, on this. One of the main things we were saying at that stage was that we wanted to do, carry out a rebranding of the church logo, the signage, the website, and social media. As the family has grown, we're now Lurgan and Portadown, particularly when Portadown was starting up, part of the conversation at that point is, so what are we putting on the outside of our building? What sign are we putting up? What, what's the logo meant to be like? And it started a conversation, I suppose, at that stage where we were realizing there's something new that's happening here. There's a fresh moment for us that we could capture. And through something like this, through the rebranding and all the different things, it allows us to be able to show everyone about the new thing that is happening and going on. So 
You'll have seen it in all the different graphics today as well and some of the social media posts. You'll see down at the bottom left-hand corner, this is the logo that we are using for the Emmanuel family. And what I'm going to try and do is just take you through what this logo means, uh, how you can, because people will ask you, what on earth is that, right? People will say, what, what is it about? And what I hope is off the back of these uh, this next couple of minutes, I would love you really easily be able to talk people through who we are as a church and what we're about, because that's what this logo incorporates for us. So as we talk through it, take a look at that bottom left-hand logo, and then I'm going to go through it bit by bit. Uh, for us as a church, and you're about to see it in an animation we're about to show, we have um, a vision. For many of you who have been about the church over the last number of years, you know this because we repeat it time and time again. As a church, we want to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland, and the nations. If you take a look at that logo, this is what the logo incorporates. There's the three things. We want to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland, and the nations, right? There's the three things. How we do that is because we have values which we base everything on. We, As a people, we want to love God. We want to love people. We want to love the world. It's the great command and the great commission. How we all be part of that because vision can't just be something that one or two people get in part and be involved in. This is for the whole church community to be engaged with. You're going to be hearing a good bit about this today. Everyone, every day, everywhere. This is what we're about. These are the three things. Welcome, Tony. Good to see you with us. Um, the three things that we're saying are vision. Does that make sense? Our vision is we want to help rewrite the story of Craig Avon, Ireland, and the nation. We're loving God, people, and the world. It's everyone, every day, everywhere. Can you see that? Does that make sense? Yes. The next part that Nat brought us to, I just want to say thank you publicly to Nat Duke for the work she's done just in putting this all together. She was here first service, but let's give her a round of applause again anyway, can we? You can see where the creative mind comes in. I could not have come up with this whatsoever. Um, when we go beyond that, the next part of it then was just simply with the line was just you're able to see an E on the right-hand side of it, which is symbolizing our name, Emmanuel. It's who we are. It's our identity. And then finally, the second part of it over on the left-hand side just formed the shape of a heart altogether. You can see this. The heart symbolizes the love of God. It's what we're about. Our lives have been transformed by the love of God. It's what we speak of, of his goodness. It's his kindness that leads all men onto repentance. It's what we are just unapologetic about talking about is the goodness of God. If you've never heard about it, if you're here for the first time and you're not a believer, you need to know God loves you. The Father loves you so much that he sent the Son to die for you. This is what we're about. And with this, we're able to talk to people. This is who we are as a family. We love talking about the love of God. This, you can see our letter in it for Emmanuel, but the three things over at the side, it's who we're about. Does that all make sense? So now you're all going to be able to tell people, aren't you? Yes, really, really simple and straightforward. Really, again, thank you to Nat for, for that. We have a new website as well. Um, off the back of it, you can see our, our font has changed as well and our name. But we have a new website. When you go to our Emmanuel website, now this is where you'll be brought. We have a landing page now where you can either click on Lurgan or Portadown because there's the two parts of the family. Uh, and when you go into it, this is a screenshot of the Lurgan one. There's a rollover video on all the different things that are on there. So go home this afternoon, take a look at it. And uh, if you're speaking to that, make sure you give her a pat on the back and say, well done. Great job, well done by her. One of the other things as well we were pressing into was the Debar conference at that stage. 
Um, you know that Tabar is the name that we've given. Again, it's going to be coming up in an animation, so I'm not going to labor too much on this. But it's a name that we've given to the apostolic work that we do as a church. As a church, we are called not to be insular, but we are called to be outward focused. We are sent. We are the sent ones of God. And that, in that apostolic thrust, what we've just given a name and an identity to, to it with is this word Tabar. I'll explain it in the animation coming up. But we had a conference, our first one, in the 7th and 9th of June this year. And it was a great time just where we just really experienced and encountered the Holy Spirit, just pressing in to what he was doing and what he was leading us into in the nation. We got a chance to pray for some of the spiritual leaders and fathers in the land. And we got just to hear the fresh word of the Lord just for what he is really seeking to lead us into. And we were, it was brilliant. If any of you were at the conference, um, you could just stand and testify. It was just a significant moment for us as a family. So there'll be another one coming up this year. And I suppose just to say as we look back and give thanks to God is don't miss out on it this year. We would love us all again as a family to be part of it. Finally, new internship programs, just very briefly in this. We have a new catalog. If you're interested in being an intern in church, we have a new catalog of all the different possibilities. There's several intern programs that are now starting up, um, which we're excited to start kicking off. Um, tomorrow, we have two new interns with us. Um, Zoe is going to be doing, Zoe Weathers is doing an internship in, in Global Missions and um, Rachel Buchanan from Portadown's doing one in kids. So we're excited about that and all the different things. Again, you can find that down at the back. And then finally, as a way of leading into the next part of this, increased involvement in citywide transformation. Our heart's desire, right, is that as the church in all the different expressions that we would just see transformation of the city. We've had lots of different meetings throughout the year staff and as leaders, people who have come and given up their time voluntarily as well throughout the day to be part of just seeking God about what are the things we're pressing into? What are the things that are happening in the city? What is the story that's actually happening in the city at the moment that needs transformed? And God, how are we as a family positioned? What are the things that you're gracing us with to be able to release and to bring to the city? And uh, there's been loads of really good conversations, some, uh, some long meetings that we've had to go through. But what we want to just do right now and this has been shown and ported down this morning as well. We're going to show you a, a video animation. And, uh, and on this, we're, we're not really sure what we're calling it, whether it's an animation or a video or whatever it is. But you're about to see something on the screen. And what this is going to do, this is going to talk you through the joint-up approach about how we as a whole family are seeking to outwork the vision that God has given us and to see transformation come to the city. The, the presentation, we, we could have... Come up here, Phil and I could have tried to preach in this and talk you through it, but we probably would have taken about half an hour because you know we're quite lengthy with our words. I've just told you I would only take two minutes and I've taken ten and uh, to, to go through this. So we could have done that, but what we've tried to do with the presentation is to be as concise and clear as possible about what we're doing. Off the back of this, this will be shared on social media. You'll be able to watch it time and time again, but let's, let's stick with this. This lasts about ten minutes. We would love you to just sit up in your seats. And uh, let's, let's see what we're really believing God is leading us into. And then off the back of it, I'm going to come up and share some of the short-term... This short presentation is to help you get an understanding of the exciting developments and evolving shape of Emmanuel Church as we enter another new season. We want you to understand the big vision of what you as a member of our church are part of, and more importantly, the unique contribution you can make within this. First, let's have a brief recap of our vision and values. As a church, God has given us a clear vision to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. Our values are shaped around the great commandment and the great commission of Jesus and they are the key themes that define the DNA of Emmanuel 
and shape the behaviour of our family culture. These three values are loving God, loving people and loving the world. We outwork these values through six main practices. These practices are the holy habits that we commit ourselves as a family to in Lurgan. We constantly find ourselves circling around these practices, prioritising presence, mobilising mission, training leaders, investing in youth, growing as a family and striving for kingdom unity. As we strive to fulfil the vision God has given us, we have identified a number of long-term aims. These are the headline goals that map out the broad strategy of how we'll fulfil our vision. These key aims focus on a clear path towards the fulfilment of our greatest dreams. These aims are, number one, to prepare ourselves for a move of God in our land. We believe God has called us to contend for a great awakening of his spirit in our lifetime. Number two, to create a discipleship culture that releases radical Jesus followers. We want to release hundreds of white hot in love with Jesus believers to truly fulfill the Great Commission. Number three, to build a mature, thriving local resource church, a church that is faithful in reaching its own community while reproducing church through the nation. Number four, to pioneer numerous church plants around Ireland. We feel led to build an apostolic network of churches throughout Ireland. Number five, to develop and coordinate citywide transformation initiatives in the Kirkavan area. And number six, to develop a mature leadership development pipeline, training and releasing leaders. Now let us show you how these aims are currently being worked out. If we are to be faithful to the Great Commission, we know that Jesus referred to ever-widening geographical spheres. Our Jerusalem is obviously the city of Kirkavan, and we want to show you our missional strategy to see this city transformed. It is best understood within three areas of influence. The first of these areas of influence is church planting. The Bible says that God sets the lonely in families, and we believe that this means God wants every person in Kirkavan to have access to a kingdom family. We passionately believe that everyone is loved by the Father and formed in a family. One of the aims that is central to our vision is to build a strong local resource church, which will not just have a strong local presence and influence in Lurgan, but also carry an extra local influence to the city and nation. We have to remember that Kirkavan is made up of almost 100,000 people. We know that one church, no matter how big it is, isn't going to be enough to transform or rewrite the story of a city. We want to plant numerous kingdom families, churches across the city. One of the churches planted that we feel is particularly strategic to the fulfilling of our vision is Emmanuel Portadown. Our city, Craigavon, is made up of two major towns, Lurgan and Portadown. In 2016, we sensed the Lord start to speak to us about planting a stock of the vision and DNA of Emmanuel Lurgan in Portadown. Our sense is that as Emmanuel Portadown grows and matures, we will be more strategically positioned to help see significant transformation happen right across the city of Craigavon. We also believe that Emmanuel Lurgan and Emmanuel Portadown will evolve as sister churches and share together that God-given grace of being a resource church that will not just see the city of Craigavon transformed, but also release numerous church plants through the nation. When we speak about a resource church, what do we really mean? Like New Testament examples such as Ephesus and Antioch, we understand resource church to be identified as 
a life-giving local resource church committed to its immediate context, but which has grown in grace to have influence beyond its local context. In other words, these churches have matured to possess enough spiritual mass with leaders who embody the character and competency of Jesus that they become places for reproducing, training and sending leaders into the missional frontier. These churches have therefore a clearly defined strategy for how they will fulfill the Great Commission. A resource church therefore honours and recognises the Ephesian four ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers, and as a result nurtures and releases these translocal teams. Finally, a resource church is committed to ensuring strong administrative, ministry and financial systems which will allow support and reproducibility. So a resource church is a great local church but seeks to reproduce itself in lots of different ways throughout the city and the nation. Already we are starting to see this in churches like Shalom and Kara in different parts of the city. But we long to see many more churches of different shapes and sizes all carrying our shared values but located in different parts of the city in the years ahead. For example, we are beginning to see missional communities birthed in some of the villages and outlying regions of the city. These missional communities consist of a small group of committed disciples, members of Emmanuel Church, who have identified a shared mission that may be a particular area or people group and have decided to commit their lives together to seeing the kingdom come to these people or specific area. While we ultimately long to see people set in kingdom families, we recognise that coming to church is still a massive cultural step for lots of people. Many people in our city are disconnected from any church environments and unfortunately many are simply disinterested in church. There are, however, other ways we can reach and connect with people and in doing so reflect the heart of God. This second area of influence are what we call specialist services and events. These services have either been established in Emmanuel or we are heavily partnering with them. Services like Food Bank, Links Counselling, Renew Clothing, Reach and Aspire, as well as events such as our superhero party, Christmas and Easter outreaches, kids and youth events, can in practical and professional ways provide a wonderful opportunity to meet people at their point of need and practically demonstrate the love of God. The leaders and the staff of these specialist services are all bought into the vision of seeing the transformation of the city. And so as we engage with people through these services and events, we are afforded a brilliant opportunity to signpost them to the most accessible church for them if they would like deeper connection. Equally, where a church has become a first point of contact for an individual, but we have become aware of a need which requires practical or professional help, our churches can encourage these individuals towards getting help from the appropriate specialist service available. As well as a desire to plant churches and provide for people's practical needs through these specialist services, there is another sphere of influence where we can reach out to our community. This third area of influence includes every one of us, every day and everywhere. What a magnificent opportunity. We believe that while not everyone is called to plant a church or lead a charity, everyone is still a missionary. Wherever you live and work every day, God wants you to adopt a missionary posture. Whether that be a doctor, a plumber, a teacher or a stay-at-home mom, you have influence. In fact, as a result of your proximity to people in our city that don't know Jesus, you're the best position to lead them to Christ. 
We have a dream that everyone, every day, everywhere will recognize who they are and therefore what they carry and that they will play their part in seeing our city transformed by the love of God. How exciting is it to recognize that we are part of a mass mobilization of people who are moving into different spheres of the city, bringing out the God colors and God flavors of our city and influencing literally thousands upon thousands of people every single day. Practically, we hope that through this presentation, you can see a thoughtful and coordinated strategy God has given us to see the first part of our vision, to rewrite the story of the city, Craigavon, become a reality. More importantly, we hope that you can see the role you play as part of a much bigger and exciting plan to transform the city. First of all, by reflecting Jesus in your everyday life, carrying his light and love to the cracks and crevices of our society. And secondly, by being a signpost to the different specialist services appropriate to an individual's needs and ultimately guiding them to find a home in the family of God. We must remember that the Great Commission of Jesus referred to ever-widening geographical spheres. We've talked about our Jerusalem strategy concerning Craigavon. Now we want to share with you the missional strategy God has given us for Judea and Samaria. This for us represents the north and south of Ireland. As we widen the lens to think about Ireland, it is obvious if you have been about Emmanuel that God has enlarged his heart in us for this beautiful but broken nation. In the last few years in particular, God has challenged us to show more leadership and bring definition to what he is calling us to do. We sense in step with the gospel strategy we read about in the early church that the primary way to see our nation transformed is to cultivate a culture of radical discipleship which catapults people into the missional frontier at the front end of which is church planting. Based on the passage of Genesis 26 where we read about Isaac's well digging exploits, God has given us a mandate to help unblock old wells and to dig new ones. In other words, we are called to serve the established church, to come alongside her prayerfully and relationally, to see the renewal of life of the Spirit released, but also a very clear call to pioneer in the planting of numerous new churches in some of the most unreached parts of Ireland. This growing network of partner churches that has been birthed from or adopted into Emmanuel Church is named Tabar. Tabar is the Irish word for well or spring and headlines our desire to see numerous life-giving churches springing up throughout the land of Ireland. Great. There we go. That's, that is our, yeah, why not all? Give a round of applause. There's been a lot of work in the background um, just put in, but the whole heart behind it is that we want to make this as clear as possible for all of us to understand. And probably it sets us uh, the tone of where we go next in terms of looking at our next short-term aims for, for these next few months. I'm going to just share three, and then I'm going to invite some voices up to the stage just to share the heart and vision for some of the other key areas in church life. But the first thing really for all of us to be involved with, as you've seen in the screen, was this idea of releasing a fresh wave of everyone, every day, everywhere. 
this idea of mobilizing mission. These are our six key practices that you've heard Al mention. We base everything, we outwork everything under these six key practices that you see in the wall at the side. This one under mobilizing mission is for all of us. We are all called to be missionaries. It's one thing to see this on a screen, however, but it's another thing to hear a story. I'm going to invite Ruth and Pam if they're both here, yes, there they are, hiding at the back, come on up, um, to come up. And they're going to share their story, just allow you to see the embodiment of this. Again, rather than us just putting up a graphic and saying, wouldn't this be a great thing to do? We want to be able to hear just the ease, I suppose, with this. Remember our heart's desire, and Phil even touched on this last week, is that sometimes it just seems people are so far removed from church at the moment that it's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard sell to be able to say, do you want to come to church with me on Sunday? But there are lots of different things and lots of different ways for us each and every day in our lives where we have touch points with people and where we're connecting with people on a daily basis. So I'm going to allow these guys just to share a little bit of what's been going on in their lives. This is, this is Ruth and Pam. Ruth, um, tell us a little bit about what you do firstly and how you guys know each other. Um, I'm a teacher at McGarry Primary School and Pam is our secretary and now a good friend. She came about 12 years ago to work at McGarry, so that's how I know her. Brilliant. And uh, obviously, I, I know, and Pam, you'll probably share a little bit about this as well. Ruth is someone who just, each and every day in her school environment, is just constantly just living out her faith before people. Um, a lot of people would say that. Your principal, Graham, uh, who is part of the church now as well, just talks so highly about that. But you obviously were an influence in Pam's life. How... Talk us through that, and then how, how did you actually get her to come to church in the first place with you? What was the involvement with that? Um, well, like I said, first service, in the 12 years that Pam's been there, have been lots of changes in Pam's life. And um, I just remember watching from the sidelines sometimes, just thinking, I don't know how she's doing this. I don't know how she's doing it without God, because day and daily there were things, and you just thought, wow, I would just be under a duvet somewhere <laughs> but uh, she she was there and um, so I'd invited her to to different things and it just wasn't the time wasn't the the place and then uh, finally she came along to our carol service Brilliant. So as you see in the green ring, what we're saying is that sometimes uh, it could be a point of need in some people's lives where it might be some of like a counselling service or some of the other things like food bank and reach. Some of the different ways which we are just uh, engaged practically demonstrating the love of God in people's lives. It could be a specialist service or it could be some of our church events, which what it was in this case. So there was the invite to the carol service. Pam, take over from that point. So what was your thoughts or your experience of church when you came to the carol service? It was just amazing. It wasn't like church was in my head. It was welcoming. It was friendly. There was no no judgment. Everything it was just it was lovely, and you were just made feel really welcome. So then um, afterwards, I came to a normal service. Uh, normal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and as I say, working with Ruth over twelve years, now she did persevere for a long time. So Pam, you coming to church? Nah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I did. And as I say, I watch Ruth every day living her life through God, which is amazing. And it's a huge inspiration for me. And yeah, I came here and just fitted in. And so you, you came, felt you got fitted in. And then what was the journey from that point, obviously? I just, I wanted to know more. There was, I felt God placed people in my life for a reason and all these wee things were happening. Then I met with your good self and gave my life to God. And that's it. And, and, and I think, I think on this, just to finish, the reason when I met Pam that day, when she, when she 
began this relationship with Jesus, all the work had been done in the background because the conversations we had were what she knew about Jesus by watching Ruth, by watching Graham each and every day, saw something in their lives that she just so desperately needed and wanted. And, uh, and the beginning point of coming along to Carol's service of being part of church was great. Let's give these guys a round of applause, can we? Thanks. So we would just love to just put out a fresh challenge to all of us, just to own this and be part of it together in our lives. And uh, we just want to yeah, be practical, sharing different ways of being able to do that. Secondly, for me, implement the shared definition and practice of discipleship. You know, we have some organized environments for discipleship. One of them that I just want to really emphasize coming up on the 24th of September is GROW. GROW is a discipleship course which we run primarily for new believers or people new in their faith or people who would just love to just have a bit of a grounding and what it actually means to be a Christian. And we do this in the first module called Grow Down, and we're going to be running it on the 24th, September the 24th, beginning at 8 o'clock. If you'd like to be part of that, give your name to the guys at the back. And then also just to say to any of the guys, if you were previously in Grow Up in the last season, Grow Out is now going to be running for you, starting that point as well, which we're excited about. But in the background, we just really want to be a church, as we're saying in this, that can have a shared definition and understanding. We all have different thoughts on what discipleship actually means. And so a, a definition or to bring some clarity or language to this, I suppose, for us that we just want to really press into uh, in, the, in the coming weeks and months is this. This is what we mean by discipleship, following Jesus in all of life. It's very simple. It's easily repeatable by kids and adults of all abilities and ages. We just want to be sent. This is what we mean by discipleship. We're going to be practical about that. What does it mean to follow Jesus in all of life in the different circumstances and different things that are going on? How do we follow Jesus into that? And the best way to do that is obviously there's certain some things that can be taught from the front, but the best way that we can just fully press into all that Jesus has for us is to be in small, accountable relationships with one another. And so when it comes to this idea of a shared practice, I suppose that's one of the things that we have put a bit of thought and work into. We have new guides for life groups, which has a, a tool and, and, a, and a method, I suppose, of how we just want to see this outworked. And we're not going to say too much about this today, other than we are going to be rolling this out in the coming weeks. The life group leaders and other leaders in church um, are being brought into just a time of just us together doing this so that throughout the church we just have a, a shared way and a shared rhythm practice of doing it we we've always said this if the great commission is expected of all then it has to be doable by all and so we want this to be something that's simple something that can be easily caught by everybody something that can be easily done by everyone as well and led into so we're excited just to do more of that coming in the weeks and then finally for me together as a family work towards the completion of the building work by giving of time and finances um, over the next couple of Sundays we're going to be able to hear more about what the building work you've seen some of it that's been going on particularly up in the upper part it will mean to the various ministries and church but we're excited to see all that it releases for us as a family. The building work only happens, however, if we all are part of it. In, in Nehemiah, we read the story about how the people, when they were building the wall, the, the families all were positioned around the perimeter of it, and we're told about how they all were involved. They all helped to build their part where they were positioned, they were building, they were active with it, and includes all of us to be part of what we're seeking to do. And so many of you have. Thank you to everyone who has come out so far on the nights. There's been some great fun on those nights, uh, hard sweat and graft, just coming out just to get involved in all the different things that we've been doing. Thank you to everyone who's been part of it. But it hasn't finished yet. 
There's still more to do, and we would love you to be part of it. Work and Stuart will be sending out messages in the coming days about some other things that we are trying to do. And if you'd like to be part of the building work, we would love you to be part of it. Come and give us your names. There's, it's not just the heavy manual stuff. There's lots of different things for, for men and women to be involved in. So come and give us your names to be part of it. But finally in this, the building work needs financed. And for us, we are, we are just so dependent on the Lord to provide for us at this time. We, we have about half the money for, for, the, for the work uh, at the moment that, that we, we need. And, uh, and what we'll be able to do, I suppose, in the completion of it is dependent on what the Lord provides for us. But for the big part of that is us all together us recognizing our responsibility as a community together. We read about this in the early church in Acts 2. It was the principle that when there was a need, they pooled the resources together. The reason why we're doing the building work is because we've recognized there is a need. And this is why we've had to reposition and to restructure some things. It hasn't just been building work just because we want, we just got bored looking at the way it always was. There was a need. And this is why we've been doing it. And so we're just believing that as a community, as almost what it was in the beginning of what the church was about. As a community, we would just recognize this and respond to it together. So what we would love you to be doing, we have on the end of September, on the 30th of September, we're going to be doing what's called the Big Church Give, where we're going to respond to this. You have, some of you have responded practically with your time and effort, but just in unity and togetherness, we would love to respond to this financially. And I would love, that. this is what I'm doing personally, I would love for all of us just to really pray. And this is the prayer I would love us to ask, just to ask, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're leading me to give and to contribute to this work at this moment? For some of you, it might be 50 pounds. For some of you, it might be 100. Some of you, it might be 500 or 1,000 or 10,000, whatever it might be. My prayer personally at the moment is this. I recognize that to be part of this, it's, it comes at a cost, <laughs> It's a sacrifice. We're all giving of, of ourselves to be part of the church family. But when things like this, my prayer, I suppose, at the minute is, God, help me not just to give what just feels comfortable for me, because that's where I so easily go to. <laughs> right? I'll give that something that will mean that I'll not really have to pinch in too much at the purse strings for the remainder of the month. I'm asking for myself, God, what can I do without I suppose over this next while, so that I can contribute and sacrifice to this. And for us as a family, it's something we're praying, we have to pray about together, Lord. And I just love for all of us just to feel that this responsibility. So when it comes to this, together as a family, we can pray. As the guys come up, guys, you just want to come. Um, some of the other guys are coming just to share some heart. As they opened at the start, this was simply what we said. We believe that without prophetic vision, people perish. One of the prophetic words that was given to us was by John Scott last year, and he said he was just believing, believing for us and from the Lord for, for half a million to be, to be brought into the church. We recognize that that is more than we would need, but we suppose why we believe that that is a word for us, and as we've prayed and tested it, is that as a resource church, we don't want to just meet our need. We want to be able to bless and give beyond us as well. We don't want to just be restricted by just having to just pay for a building work. We want the monies and the finances to be able to come in, to be able to do that, but more and over and above. So we would love you to just pray about it and just to see what the Lord leads on your heart. For the remainder of the time, um, before Phil comes up to close off, there's so much that I could try to share about some of the things that are going on in some of these areas of church that guys are going to talk about. And I could probably bore you with it because it would just be dry statistics. And what I would love is for these guys to come now and just to share their heart uh, on where they feel God is leading us in some of these key areas of church for you guys to be able to respond next week when it comes to vision. So over to you guys. Take it away. So 
Super, thanks Dave. So my name is Heather um, and I'm one of the kids pastors here at Emmanuel. Um, and over the past wee while we've been praying and asking God, God, what is your heart for our kids for this new season and for this new year? Um, and just to set a little bit of context in the year gone by, um, with some of our older kids, we have looked at the story of Josiah and we have looked at how his life, he was this little boy who found the word of God and it impacted him so much that he changed the nation. He actually tore stuff down that was wrong and he put in place stuff that was going to bring the kingdom of God to earth. And he was just a boy. Um, And we as a kids team, we as a church and a leadership, we want that to be the story of our children right now, right here. That as they, as the word of God impacts their heart, that they will change this nation forever. Um, And they say about Josiah, they say, never before had there been a king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses. And there never has been a king like him since. And this is what we are declaring over every single child. So never before has there been a boy like Elijah who turned to the Lord with all his heart. Or Maya who turned to the Lord with all her heart. And there never will be again. We want our kids to recognize that this is their time. This is who God has made them to be, to stand up and to shine for him. And so we're really, really excited about that as I hope you are as well. Um, and so the ways that we are going to hopefully implement that, the opportunities that we're going to provide for our kids to be able to do this is um, we are going to make sure that every single child in our church is intentionally discipled. So this year, what we're doing is we are going through the whole God story right from the very beginning to the end of the Bible. And at the end of this year, we want our kids to be able to know their story and know that it's theirs and they have a part to play in it. Um, We want to make mission accessible. We want our kids to be lovers of Jesus and we want them to imitate Jesus in everything that they do. And so part of that is actually following what Jesus did. So going to the and um, loving every single person that they meet. And so this year, we want to make mission accessible for families. Um, and we are going to be um, making a team up to go to Uganda, a family team to go to Uganda. Um, but there will be details to, um, to come out later on. Um, and finally, we want to help and equip you guys. Discipleship happens at home. You guys are the main disciplers of your little ones. And so we want to be able to help equip you with how do we create Christ-centered children? How do we do family life where Christ is at the center? Um, And so that is our aim and that is our hope for this year. Um, And so, yeah, we would just love you to continue to pray for us in that. Thank you. Brilliant. That was the kids. Um, I have the privilege to speak on behalf of our youth team. Um, And for us, when we look forward from now to... um, December, what we'll be doing all the usual environments, but what we felt kind of really pressing in um, for us guys. When we look at young people, we look at the youth around our city, we realize that they could have been with wrong stuff. And we just want to kind of reach out to those guys, not just the people in church, but people outside church. We want to be a church that is there for our young people. So, what we've kind of really want to go after, and why we put these two, we want to be a Yes, we want to be accountable (laughs) 
to you guys in doing this. So we have put these two to keep us accountable to make sure we really go after what we feel um, God's put on our hearts for the next three, four months for our young people. And it's to see this. It says, we love to see 75% of our young people involved in life groups. And why we do that is we want to long to see a generation of young people that are freshly hungry. And that's just not if they're saved. We want them to put that hunger in them to go after Jesus if they don't even know him. We want to feed that appetite that they're searching for in every part of this world. We want to fill that with Jesus. And then we want them to come uncompromising in their faith. We want them to put what they feel God has called them to before everything else. And we want them to be Jesus in the schools to go to. Why we feel life groups are so important is because young people need role models. Young people need consistency in that and they need challenged in doing that. And we believe, as David has been talking, life groups is a key to do that. And all a cool story is already after first service, a young person came up and says, I want to be part of a life group. And now they are. So that's great. And the last one, is to engage a completely new unchurched group of young people from the Moorview area. One of our team, um, Mervyn, has just a real passion for this. And we just want to go after this. We just feel that for this season, we can do this. Um, and this group is not going to be involved in any other church or any other faith organizations. We want to go in there for people who have not heard of Jesus. And we want to start teaching them the Jesus way. Okay, so there's so much I could stand up here and talk to you about with regards to compassion. In Renew this year, we will clothe over 300 people within our local community. Our English lessons start again on Tuesday night and with registration. Last year, over 150 people were involved with those and representing over 14 different countries living in our local community. There is so much going on. But two things I just want to concentrate on is um, we want to begin to work towards opening every day our Connect Cafe for at least two to three hours Monday to Friday. Isolation, addiction, loneliness, these are things that we see every single day. You know, our health services are stretched to capacity um, with mental health. All our counselling services, there's waiting lists. People are crying out for help. And we just want to create a space which is a presence in our local community. Just a beacon of hope where people can come into our, welcomed into our living room to make it feel at home to be listened to and heard, and for us to be able to signpost them um, and just help them where we can. We're also connecting with other services to be able to create more environments to help people who are suffering in this way. We are um, partnering with our local recovery college. They're going to be running courses here. Our own very own Hope Rising course, I forgot to even mention this in the first service. It's an amazing, incredible course for people who are struggling with depression. Can I tell you, every time we put one Facebook post up, that course is completely full within two or three days. That's the need for it. That's how much we need to grow and develop that course. That's for people who are struggling with depression. And that's walking through that with trained counsellors um, incorporating CBT and what God has to say in the midst of that journey. It's an incredible course. And yeah, we just, this is not just for the one in four here suffering from ill mental health. This is for the four in four. This is for everybody. We need you guys. We want to create community. We want these people to feel loved and accepted. We need steady, faithful engagement. We need people who just won't give up and who are always there for them. And we want to train our volunteers to do that. Secondly, in everything we do, 
everything we do in Compassion is not just about handout. We want to help people up. We want people to not just survive in our local community. We want people to thrive. And so we want to create a learning culture. And I think, you know, over the years, we've just grown a real safe place here for people to come. Everybody feels warm and welcome here. And so we, starting in a couple of weeks, we have Essential Skills IT course in connection with SRC starting here. You know, the new digital service or the new benefit service that has been set up is now only online. For many people, they don't even know how to turn a computer on, never mind to start to work it. It's an hour and a half for the average family to first process your first claim. If you have no idea how to work a computer, it's going to take an awful long more time than an hour and a half. And so we want to equip people to do this. You know, time and time again, I meet with young guys, young girls who are a lot younger than me, I have to realize. They're in their early 20s who can't read, who can't write. And they tell me that it's too late for them to start. And I'm like, you have your whole life ahead of you, a couple of years, you know, we'll get you out there, we'll get you doing this. And so we want everybody in our community to thrive and play their part. And we, so in January, we hope to do the maths and the English and more of the IT and to see just people become real thriving part of this community. Great, thank you. The reason I'm coming up last is because the only way that we will see transformation happen in our kids, in our young people, in our city through compassion is if we pray. If it's not birthed in prayer, it's birthed in pride. It needs to be birthed in prayer. It needs to be sustained in prayer. That's how we will see ultimately change come in this city and in people's lives. And so this year we would love to challenge you to pray like we have never prayed before. Practically, some of the ways we'd like to do that is through these three comments on the screen. To see one third of our churches attend corporate prayer. It's not really about the numbers, but right now we have a phenomenal time here bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Overly, normally over 100 people come, which is amazing, but if you put that into the percentage of our church, it's probably only about a sixth. We're just not looking at a big prayer meeting for the sake of having a big prayer meeting to pat ourselves on the back, but we realize there's power in unity. Really, there's power when the family come together as an army, as we fight, as we press forward into what God is calling us to do. And so we want to challenge you to come to corporate prayer this season. We'd also love to see at least 108 slots covered in the prayer room. That means every slot, Monday to Saturday, from 6 a.m. to 12 midnight would be covered. And then that we would create a culture and commitment to taking the night slots so we could get to the place where we were praying 24-7, 365 days, that we would be the watchmen and the watchwomen on the walls, giving God no rest until this place is ablaze with his glory. And finally, we'd love to see an increase in healing in our prayer ministry hots and healing room environments. Yes, that is on the volunteers who, who serve so diligently on those teams. But this is for us as a whole church, that faith would rise in this place, that we would see an outbreak of the supernatural like we've never seen before. The faith would rise in our hearts and know that God is a God who heals. He is the healer. And that we would see people set free both spiritually, physically, and emotionally through these different environments. And so we're asking you to pray like never before. That's why our corporate times are called contend this year. We have some stuff that we need to fight for. And I'd love just to finish by reading an extract from... Um, Pete Gregg's book, Dirty Glory. One of the marks common to such intercessors is that they don't just say polite prayer submissively. They tend to wrestle against God with an audacity that brings breakthrough. Their prayer times often seem to move beyond the, the, recita the recitation of liturgy, the quiet absorption of scripture, and the enjoyment of worship. 
Valuable as these things can be, to actively lay hold of the purposes of God with a violent insistence, they have learned to enter his throne room expectantly, to make their requests forcefully, to insist upon an answer with a tenacity easily mistaken for defiance. In his classic book, The Soul of Prayer, Forsyth endorses the importance of this kind of prayer. Lose the habit of wrestling and the hope of revealing with God. Make it mere walking with God and friendly talk. And as precious as that is, yet you tend to lose the reality of prayer at last. If we truly want to see the kingdom of God return to this enemy-occupied world, we cannot avoid a certain aggression in prayer any more than a soldier can avoid his gun or a boxer his fists or a theologian, theologian great tracts of his Bible. Quiet prayer can certainly change us, but the kind of prayer that changes the world is more fight club than golf club. And sometimes our times in the prayer room seem a little bit more golf club. We turn the worship music on and we sit there for an hour and it's beautiful. We enjoy beautiful intimate times with God, but we need to move beyond that to recall the name intercession, to realize the call of intercession is each and every one of us. We need to move this year from from golf club to fight club. We need to get a bit of a grit in our teeth and say to what God, I'm going to give you no rest. No rest until I see an answer to the prayers that we are praying. So, guys, could we pray like we've never prayed before in this next season? Great, great, great. Good. I think we'll hold the song. All right, we'll not do a song, Stevie, if that's all right. We're just going to pray. Uh, give the guys all a round of applause. Exciting, isn't it? Um, really, really good. And these are the guys that I get to work with, um, spend loads of time with, and, and, and as Dave rightfully said, what we presented this morning wasn't just hours and days, it was weeks of work uh, sitting around a table talking and talking and talking. And as Tash rightfully finished with intercession, one of the things that I felt really God speak to me over the summer, and I suppose over the last year, was around intercession. I don't know whether you've ever had God call you to do something that you're not dead sure how to do. And because um, we can pray and we can have our conversations, but sometimes whenever we pray, so if I pray for Dave and say, Lord, bless Dave and Laura and bless Rose and Josiah in Jesus' name, that's a great wee prayer. And it's probably great and it's going to hit heaven and it's going to bring blessing. But there's got to be more. There's got to be a deeper intercession of the heart that goes into the lives of our people. And um, so what I've done not, don't worry, we're not going to pray these, just to flick through them. I, I've put together nine prayers that, that over the next season, we're going to put these in the prayer room, um, that, that probably cover every issue that you've heard this morning. These are prayers of, of intercession that I've been crying out myself over the last um, season. And, and I, I, I'll probably get a little bit of time next Sunday to, to present these to you, because I'd love us to start praying them. Again, we're going to put them into the prayer room, um, prayers that, that, that will create genuine holiness and hunger in our lives for each of the departments of church, and on and on we go. So um, uh, stand with me, William, we pray. And, and, and leave it there. Thank you so much. I know Vision Sunday can be very information heavy and um, I know there's a lot to take in. So thank you for bearing with us. And again, look forward to tonight. Please come early tonight for, and remember six, it's not 6.30, Brownlow Leisure Centre. 
And uh, we're just going to have a night of fun and celebration. So, God, I pray that you would seal this vision. We thank you for all the guys who shared this morning. Thank you for their heart and their passion. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord, for all the specialist services that connect to all our churches. Father, thank you for the people in this room, even this morning, Lord, who who carry this mantle. People like like Rick and Mark and, and, and Zoe and Norman, Lord, we just thank you for their passion in their hearts for Ian and Jennifer, God, for, for Willie and Farrell. Father, we just thank you for all that's going on. Thank you for Dixie on the street day after day. God, we just pray a fresh enthusiasm and hunger and strength into all of these people. Thank you for our prayer team, for Paul and all of the teams who commit so powerfully to Linz and Heather and to the guys. God, just just for each and every one, God, we just commit this new season to you and ask you to bless right now in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.